in my opinion, I think that Kawhi is a better player than Dirk Nowitzki. If Jalen Green lands with the Raptors, we're going back to the conference finals at the bare minimum. Hey y'all, welcome to the Barbershop Quintet Podcast, the podcast where my guests and I debate our top five lists of current and past topics that are relevant for millennials like you. And who am I? My name is Tony Lee, and I'll be the host for today's show. After we debate our top five lists and back up our standings, my guests will enter the buzz cut lightning round, where they'll each have to quickly formulate a convincing buy and an argument on a top five list or topic of my choosing. Based on those arguments, I, the decider, will pick which answer will resonate with me the most. Only catch is that each guest has a total of 50 seconds for their argument. Go over the time, or if they can't finish their argument, they'll get penalized points, and I may give the oppositional guests the advantage. All right, let me get this date down, because I don't want to get added. You're like, oh, you got the wrong date. So June 26, 1996, at the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. A big monumental class got drafted 25 years ago with the likes of players like first overall pick, Allen Iverson. You got what? And then top five, you got Stefan Marbury, Ray Allen, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, you know, those guys as well. Franchise changers, league changers. And then you could go to the mid tables where you had guys like Steve Nash and rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Um, just to name a few, you know, and then there's more more people after that as well, like undrafted Ben Wallace and then Piastoyakovich. So arguably this class, this NBA class has been arguably um, could be the top three best class of all time or top class of all time. With this upcoming draft class this year, people are comparing it to either 1996 or 2003 or 1984. With that being said, today's episode, we'll be listing our top five NBA drafts from 1996 to present day. But the caveat is we're not going to pick 1996. We're not going to choose 2003, where LeBron, Wade, and Melo was drafted. And Bosch, sorry, no disrespect to Bosch. But uh, (laughs) yeah, we're not going to pick that class either because that's way too easy. And then also the next easiest class is 2009, where you had guys like Blake Griffin, Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan, and then, uh, you know, two MVPs and Steph Curry and James Harden. So we want to make it a bit more interesting, you know? So, but before we head into our topic and sharing our list for today, let me introduce you my guest for today. My first guest here, first time guest, trying to get him on for, for a minute now. Didn't know what topic I wanted him to jump on yet, but I think basketball and some of the new school hip hop was something I really wanted him to be on. And this is a perfect podcast for him to pop onto just because he's a big ball head like I am. We have these like little, I wouldn't say debates, but like in a group chat that we have for a fantasy league that we've been doing for five, six years now, there's been some healthy conversations, I would say, where he's brought some really great insights. And then there were some very uh, Raptors heavy uh, bias insights in there as well. So I want to introduce you, my good friend from Mac, Donnie Dowridge or Donovan Dowridge. Can you please introduce yourself and give us a teaser statement on your top five list for today, please? Hey, thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me. My name is Donnie, 24. And like Tony said, I'm a huge ball head. Been watching basketball my entire life. Just play. I just love the sport. And then I guess for a quick teaser of my list, 
lots of all-stars, lots of MVPs is what I really look for and what and what, and what I valued most on my list. My number one draft class didn't have any MVPs, but had a lot of finals and championship experience. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Donnie, for your time today and hopping on for the very first time. So I'm very excited to see how you break down your argument and uh, your list today. Before we head on to my next and my final guest here for today, I did gather your list from you last night. I will say that ours is very, very similar, but the order is different. So your criteria is definitely already from what I can see is definitely different from my criteria. So I can't wait to see how you break that down for us today. So thank you, Donnie. Once again, appreciate it. Moving on to my final guest here for today. You've heard him before. You've heard his hot takes. You've heard, you know, his Markel Fultz takes, his Utah Jazz take that didn't really pan out. Sadly to say, I knew that was going to bite me in the ass. <laughs> you know, he he has a ball head as well. Got him on a very OG episode, one of the first few of I ran. So he's technically a, one of the day ones on his podcast. As you can hear, his voice, hooray. You already know his voice. He has a YouTube channel on cards, collectibles as well. And uh, talked to several people from the NBA and uh, entertainment industry and his friends. So... I would like to introduce you, my good friend, Ben Carlos, if you could please introduce yourself and also give us a teaser statement for your list today as well, please. Tony, it's always great being on. Uh, Donnie, it's nice to meet you. Uh, I guess teaser statement for my list is all about depth. So, mm. Nate, yeah, that's that's all I can really say about my list. Mm, mm. So I don't have your list, which is okay, but I <laughs> want to I, I wanna know... <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious to see what you mean by depth because depth could be role players. Depth could be starters. Depth could be champion. You know what I mean? It's varied. It's very vague. So I like that you had that ambiguous, I guess, <laughs> statement there. You'll keep us on your, our toes for sure. And I know you and I had, um, a, I guess, a, a passionate debate about <laughs> uh, half a year ago to eight months ago on, on our group chat for the, our podcast with the OG group. We were kind of debating which draft class was deeper and blah, 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 blah. So this this will be interesting to see if that tr- will translate to this or not. So, um, but again, that's I what happens think- when both of our blood types are Sriracha. Yeah, I got to cut down on my uh, sodium levels. So, Um, but no, thank you, (laughs) thank you again, Ben, for hopping on today. And uh, as always, for sure. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see what you bring to the table today. So, thank you for myself, listeners at home. You already know who I am, so I don't need to introduce myself. My list, yeah, I kind of looked at looked at it as from that. Well, few things from the depth perspective so like big prominent role players or starters or all-stars or you know superstars you know and secondly i looked at the accolades and third i looked at the hall of famer potential in this in these classes also the second thing that i also had on here was none of these classes were new so none of them are five years and like to the present day so what 2021 we're at so from 2015 
till now. None of them are on my list. Just a teaser alert. So my my thought process is I need to see more of their career before I can gauge. And unless it's something that really stands out already and you compare them to all these other classes and they're like, oh, there's 40 all-star appearances for these this class already. And then it's like, all right, give it, just give it to them, right? But I haven't seen one yet. But there are there there can be some arguments made. So we'll we'll definitely dive into that as well later on. But before we start sharing our list today, let's go into the random number generator, which is a little gimmick that I like to do here, uh, especially for Donnie. It's your first time. So what we do is I have here on my random number generator a range from one to 25. We pick a number and then whoever lands on the closest number gets to go first, second, and I'll go last because I'm the host. So Donnie, since you're a brand new guest for today, what's a number from one to 25 that you'd like to pick today? Seven. Seven. Lucky number seven. Okay. Ben. 15 as always. 15 as always. So seven, 15. And so right now it's saying number six. We'll spin in three, two. All right. So Ben, you got to go first. It landed on number 17. Donnie goes second and I'll go last. Ben, you got to go first. Donnie, you got to go second and I'll go last. So Ben, if you could share to us your top five NBA drafts post-1996 with the caveat of no 1996, no 2003, and no 2009, please. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I'm going to go in chronological order. So from like the oldest draft class to the most recent. Okay. First off is a 1998 NBA draft. You have three future Hall of Famers, Vince Carter, Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Pierce, and then you have some all-stars and Anton Jameson, Richard Lewis, as mm. well as some other serviceable guys like Mike Bibby, Jason Williams, Larry Hughes, Bonzi Wells, Al Harrington. Again, this goes off of the theme of like depth in all of these draft classes. Next up, I have the 1999 NBA draft, which is nine all-stars, believe it or not, nine different all-stars. Elton Brand, Steve Francis, Baron Davis, Wally Zerbiak, Richard Hamilton, Sean Marion, Ron Artest, Andre Karolinko, and Manu Ginobili. And then you have other serviceable role guys like Lamar Odom, Andre Miller, Jason Terry, Corey Maggetti, James Posey. And then after that, we go up a little bit further into the future. That's where we go into the 2008 NBA draft. I got two MVPs in Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook. More all-stars, Kevin Love, Brooke Lopez, Roy Hibbert, DeAndre Jordan, Goran Dragic, and then other serviceable guys like Danilo Gallinari, Eric Gordon, JaVale McGee, Serge Ibaka, Nicholas Batum. Then we have the 2011 NBA draft. We got finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard. We got all-stars in Kyrie Irving, Klay Thompson, Kemba Walker, Nikola Vucevic, Jimmy Butler, Isaiah Thomas, and then Tristan Thompson, Jonas Valanciunas, Reggie Jackson as like serviceable guys. Mm. And then the most recent and final draft on, on my list is the 2018 NBA draft because I genuinely believe that my boy Luka Doncic is a future potential GOAT. So I have him spearheading this class, but you also have the guy who's, who's pretty much he's been linked to since drafting and Trey Young, who you know had, had his coming out party this year. So we got those two big all-stars right here. Uh, a, lot, a lot of potential for them to accomplish in their careers to come. And then you got some other guys who have also have potential all-star written on them with like DeAndre Ayton, Jaron Jackson Jr., Colin Sexton, Shade Gildas Alexander, Michael Porter Jr. So that's my list. All right, perfect. All of them are fairly like arguably like, yeah, you can put an argument to it and say, yeah, these are these could be the top five draft, like best draft classes with the, the caveat, right? 
of uh, no 2003, 2009, and in 1996. But the one, again, the one that personally I would never put on is 2018 until like I give it like another few years, right? Because it's their first few years. We don't know where it pans out yet. I mean, they, they, you again, like you said already, like Trey Young and Doncic has already been superstars. Like uh, you had several serviceable players, like DeAndre Ayton has been a a monster this playoff, like these playoffs, like, and other plays as well. But from 2015 to like now, like there are like at least three to four classes that arguably could be like top toss into the top 10 draft classes of like 2000s to like now. But yeah, for myself, I just for my criteria, I just want to put that put it on there until I oh. see a bit more. So but yeah, I, I really commend your list. 2018 was one I was looking at as well because of just Luca by himself. So Yep. I don't know, but uh, I, I couldn't put it up there because there was like three other classes I was looking at and I was like, nah, I don't know, man. Like another one that was felt was very surprising was 1999 that you put up there. Big names for that era, big names. And they played for a while. But yeah, I mean, no true superstars on that list for sure. Yeah. But like I said, you know, my, my, my list was based on depth and like, yeah. How many draft classes can you say had like nine different all-stars? Like that's, that, that's crazy. I remember seeing that and was like, really? Like that, that's a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't have the, the superstar names. You're right. They have like the tier two tier B list or tier C list sort of players, but they're still all-stars at the end of the day are really good all starters. You know what I mean? So honestly all it needs is like if you put one mvp type player or like a hall of fame player in that draft class that draft class instantly becomes like top five all time just by putting in like one like hall of fame type player like say if you put in i don't know who's like say 98 say you put in like carter nowitzki or someone in there i think that class gets elevated to the next uh the next Mm. round well arguably arguably elton brand if it wasn't for injuries he could have been that guy too very true all right thank you ben for your list today um really appreciate it we're gonna dive into donnie's list donnie what is your list for today Uh, do you want me to do like similar thing like chronological order you can put it in any order you want to you can put it in any order you want to okay all right then yeah i'll I'll go into my order one five so first i'll start i'll start off with like my honorable mentions so like ben mentioned the 1999 draft class that's my like first honorable mention Mm-hmm. I had a really hard time leaving this one off like this. I was going back and forth with this one in the num- one of my number five spot. Cause like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, there's a lot of like all-star caliber players, but for me, it was really just like, they didn't have that top tier talent that even though they had like a bunch of like guys that were like, we'll say like seven out of 10 in, mm-hmm. in terms of like, like all-star careers, they didn't have like the guy, like you'll see who on my number five list when I get to that. But like, that was literally the reason for why I left 1999 out instead of this team instead of this class and then also another honorable mention was 2007 that one had a couple of Mm. solid guys like conley horford and then like kevin durant really spearheaded it Mm. but like they just didn't have enough aside from kevin durant for me to put them on my list yeah so then for for my number five spot is the 1997 draft class so this one didn't really have a lot of depth in it it was just spearheaded by three big names they had Mm. chauncey billups Tracy McGrady and Tim Duncan. So those are three like Hall of Fame players right there. And the reason why I like I kind of alluded to this, the reason why I included them over the 1999 is because Tim Duncan alone, like he probably has as much accolades like by himself <laughs> yeah. compared to like those other draft classes. And then yeah. on top of that, you add 
Chauncey Billups, Finals MVP, Tracy McGrady, who didn't have like the postseason success, but he had, definitely had the regular season success, was one of the greatest like regular season scorers of all time. So mm-hmm. it's just like those three names alone really was like, I can't leave, I can't leave these guys off my list. Just like just because of Tim Duncan alone. Like, even though, like, on mm-hmm. honestly speaking, like aside from those three players in that draft class, is like a bunch of like scrubs, to be honest. Yeah. But like those three alone just kind of like carried it on his back. Mm-hmm. My number four spot is the it's actually surprising. Yeah, like this one you didn't mention at all, actually. It was the 2012 draft class. So the re- the reason I put this one up here in number four is this class was spearheaded by big names in Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard. Draymond Green, then had a couple of other like all-star level level players and Andre Drummond and a guy who potentially might be getting a ring on Tuesday and Chris Middleton. Mm. So the reason I put this this class up here is because like they said, they have the top tier talent like Anthony Davis. I'm really high on Anthony Davis. I think that if he stays healthy, he is like one of the greatest power forwards of all time. If him and LeBron are able to keep it keep it together, like, maybe add Damian Lillard too on onto the Lakers. Might be adding some more rings to that resume, but as of right now, Anthony Davis like multiple time All Star, great defensive player, all defensive teams, averages like twenty five points per game in his sleep. So like mm-hmm. that's that's a, a big guy to spearhead the class. And in addition to him, you have Bradley Beal averaging thirty points the last couple of years. Dame Dollar, you know, it's Dame time, man. Like <laughs> one of the clutchest players out there, All Star, just a true killer. Got to get a Portland though and get him some rings, but but like like those three are like a solid three players to spearhead the class, and then. On top of that, you have Draymond Green, three-time NBA champion, defensive player of the year, one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Even though he kind of sold the Golden State out this year in the playing game, missing that wide-open layup against Memphis, but yeah. offensive, offensive uh, defensive, defensive side, he's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Mm-hmm. And that he's a worthy addition to the class. And mm-hmm. add on top, Andre Drummond will ignore his time in the Lakers. We'll look at his time with the Detroit Pistons where he was racking up the rebounds. And then yep. Chris Middleton, you see him last night. You've seen him last couple of rounds. He's really just stepping it up. All-star caliber player. Hopefully Bucks in six, he'll get his ring. And uh, yeah, like this, the depth of this class and the top tier talent is really what made me include him on my list and put it over 1997, who aside from three players, just wasn't that strong. Mm-hmm. Next, my third on the list is honestly, it hurt me to put them this low, but 2008 was was my third on the list. I put mm. them number three. It hurt me to put them to put them this low because D Rose is my favorite player of all time. But like because D Rose MVP, Russell Westbrook MVP, Kevin Love NBA champion, rebounding. So those are like two, so two, three possible like potential Hall of Fame careers. Like that's that's what made me put them at three because. Like me, I would say D Rose for sure Hall of Famer, but I know people out there kind of had the reservations because, like, after like his injuries Injury. in his career, yep. like he didn't really have the same trajectory that usual Hall of Fame careers have. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like made me, if I looked at it from an unbiased perspective, maybe say like, okay, like they may not have the Hall of Fame careers that uh, the Hall of Fame players that the two classes that I'm going to say after may have. But in addition to D Rose, Russ, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Love is also some solid players like Serge Ibaka, NBA champion, Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. potential NBA champion, DeAndre Jordan, like one-time all-star, made all-NBA and solid all-defensive player. And then Goran Dragic, another solid player. So like the reason I put this class above the previous class is because they have two MVPs mm-hmm. with Russell Westbrook and, and D. Rose mm-hmm. and NBA championship with Kevin Love. So even though you could probably say like the 2012 class, the players there in totality are better, but I would say the accolades that the 2008 class have is what 
is what would make me uh, rank it above because I really think that and like regular season MVPs is a big award and that made me put them at, at the third spot and then the number two spot I put 1998 and this class is spearheaded by Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Pierce, Vince Carter and then two other all-star caliber players and Antoine Jameson, Rashard Lewis and the reason I put this one above the previous class is because two finals MVPs Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Pierce Dirk Nowitzki won possibly one of the greatest NBA championships of all time when you look at his run, who we had to go through. Then Paul Pierce, finals MVP performance, he had a great time in that 2008 finals with the Boston. And then also you add in Dirk's regular season MVP. Then you look at Vince Carter, <laughs> revolutionized the Raptors franchise, slam dunk champion wins, even though he kind of snaked this at the end. But that's, <laughs> well, well, I'll forgive him for, for the time being. And then all-star performances. And then Antoine Jameson, he's solid player like 20 points per game Rashard Lewis solid player 20 points per game so the reason I put that's the reason why like mostly I put them above the 2008 class mostly mm-hmm. because of Dirk and Paul Pierce like and Vince Carter so it's three Hall of Famers and then Dirk and Paul Pierce with their finals MVPs and Red Dirk with his regular season MVP is what kind of set them apart from the 2008 classes because of those two rings that Dirk and Paul Pierce have mm-hmm. and then my number one class is the 2011 NBA draft class. And this one is just honestly stacked. Like they've had mm. Kyrie Irving, all-star, NBA champion. Clay Thompson, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. Multiple all-star, multiple champion. Kawhi Leonard, the bad man who took the Raptors to the NBA championship. Two-time finals MVP, absolute demon in the playoffs. Mm. In addition to those guys, you got a couple more solid all-stars like Vucevic, Jimmy Butler, Kemba Walker, Isaiah Thomas, my boy JV, and Tobias Harris. So the reason, once again, why this one's number one is because they have it all. Like they have all-star caliber players, they have shooters, all defensive players, defensive player of the year, and then Kawhi Leonard, two times finals MVP. We've all seen what he does. No matter what team he's on, whenever it's postseason, that guy turns it up to another notch. Spurs turns it up. Raptors, like I even know what he was on when he was on the Raptors. This guy was, he was something different. And then this year, until he unfortunately got injured, he was doing the same thing again. Mm. So, any class that has Kawhi, Kyrie, Clay, and then you add Jimmy Butler, Vucevic, like that's just too much, too, too much talent for me to overlook. So that's why they're my number one class. All right, Donnie, 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 Donnie. Again, I can't say much because my list is basically your list. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll break it down more when it comes to my list, but the order is definitely different. I won't tell you that much. Yeah. What was your honorable mentions again, Donnie? 99 and 2007 99 2007 okay all right yeah like 2000 um, was just like carried by kd and then 99 ben touched on it yeah, yeah, yeah ben do you did you have any honorable mentions because i'll mention mine not like written down but i would agree in terms of honorable mentions for the ones donnie said so like 97 that was one i was like uh it was like uh strongly considering because like mm. you know Tim Duncan and T-Mac and Bill Ups at the top right there. That's like super top heavy. But again, like I said, I, I was going off of like depth. 2012 just missed the cut mainly because it's like, yeah, you have you have AD, AD, Beal, Dame. Dame. My biggest thing with that, though, is that I, com- I like to compare it to 2011 because they're very similar in terms of depth. But I think 2011 is more goaded in the sense of like, I mean, you got all you got all the champions in there. And mm. in my opinion, 
I think out of those two classes, I would say that Kawhi is the best out of the two classes. And I think for second, yeah. you could say AD, but I think you could make a case for either Kyrie or Clay. Oh, I mean, you can make the case for Dame too. I mean, just he has, he been, hasn't, he's just, he hasn't won anything. Yeah, that's why, that's why come on, man. You okay, real spit real facts here. Kyrie wouldn't win without LeBron. Let's be honest. I, I mean, LeBron didn't win without Kyrie hitting that shot. Right? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, like, they don't win that like, without like, his you know, block. Come on, chill. Like, chill Kyrie chill, was chill. balling, bro. Like you know, like LeBron was doing his thing for sure, but Kyrie was there dropping forty. It's not like he just like made that one shot and called it a day. You know, like, yeah. he, was, he was there hooping. Like yeah, if I had to rank the top three between those two classes, it's like okay, you take Kawhi first, and then like. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a toss up between yeah between okay the the top four let's say Kawhi is first by by not a long shot but after that it's like AD some combination of AD Kyrie and Clay. Yeah, I agree. I will dive into my list then. Thank you again, Donnie, for your list. As not as always, but this is your first time. But so, but thank (laughs) you regardless. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Going into my list again, my honorable mentions. I looked at 2013 for a quick sec because of Giannis and Rudy Gobert. Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. You have four defensive player of the year awards and multiple R-stars and two MVPs. Like, I couldn't not, like, not look at that, right? That's between two players. Yeah. That's the same argument you could put for 1997 in a sense. No, no, because the the difference with 97 is the top pick of that class is the greatest power forward of all time, while the top pick of 2013 is the biggest bust of all time. time. Yeah, the biggest bust of all, of all time. Anthony Bennett is the biggest bust of all time. Yeah, but that doesn't mean Giannis wasn't the best player, right? And he's no, he no but we're talking about chip. draft class, right? We're talking about class yeah. as a whole, right? Yeah, Giannis is easily one of the best players, like of all time in terms of like the the modern draft classes. But like, well, then why why were you looking two thousand seven then? Why was Donnie's two thousand seven good when Greg Oden was number one pick? Okay, that's so different. That that's different. Greg Oden should have become like an all-time. Center. But it is Giannis, yeah, Giannis and KD. Like, yeah, but KD's like, career is better than Giannis's career though, so far. Like Giannis, like Giannis is like, yeah, he has the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, potentially a ring tomorrow. But like, it's not. He's not above KD in all-time rankings yet. If Giannis wins on Tuesday, I think he surpasses KD. Oh really? Yeah, you're. you're you think KD's rings are Mickey Mouse? Yes, yes, exactly. Donnie, 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 Donnie. Just one second. You hear that? That's a fucking snake. You hear that? That's a snake. You want to go back? You want to rewind and tape to 2016? Let's rewind and tape to 2016. He doesn't win without going to Golden State, my guy. Exactly. Sure. exactly. Giannis, Giannis's win will make him surpass that because he has two In MVPs facts. and a yep. depoy de- de- already on his list. Yeah. And a chip that he won by himself, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. And like, even if KD wins again with Brooklyn, it does. It's the same argument. He's like, he same he, he, he had to t- he had to do a super team to win that ring. LeBron, yeah. like LeBron, yes, to an extent, he had to with with Miami. Uh, with oh, I wasn't even thinking Miami. I was like, oh, okay, th- see, this is tough <laughs> because well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with that though. With with LeBron on both Cleveland and Miami, he was far away the best player on that on on that team. With KD and Golden State, I mean, yeah, Steph, yep. yeah, great team, yeah. It was Steph's team, still, yeah, yeah. So, all right, well, dive in my list before uh, I get ridiculed again for my honorable mentions <laughs> list here. 
Yeah. Uh, I was I was also looking at 2001 for a sec, but I was like, and then I racked up the accolades, and I was like, nah, nah, ain't gonna work. Um, Bro, you took you were considering the two classes with the biggest busts of all time at number one. <laughs> Bro, I don't look at number ones. I don't look at number ones. I look at the overall depth. No, but right? yeah, but that but that sets the tone for the rest of the list. And like yeah. 2000 and 2001 are like considered the two worst draft classes ever. Yeah, I looked at the Wikipedia page. It literally said that this class is considered one of the worst <laughs> yeah, classes yeah. of all time. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't put them on your list. You just considered them. Yeah, so I, yeah, like, I looked at them. I said I looked at them. You can't have a you can't have a class that has Kwame Brown in your list. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I can't be up there. I mean, Kwame's redeemed himself the past couple of weeks, though. Oh man, yeah, he <laughs> slaughtered all these guys on YouTube. And then if I looked at the newer classes, and if that was a criteria, I had actually looked at twenty seven and the 2017 and 2018 yeah um really hard especially 2017 just because you have tatum box d mitch like those three guys are already like superstars max players but still you have three like max players you have three franchise players like for three squads right so i don't know i just felt like tatum yeah, and mitch like bam, bam fox, as well like, you don't know about fox bro like fox is, like, he's a good player but like i was always like franchise player like like he's yeah, I would have said Mitchell and Tatum. Yeah, I would have said Bam ahead of Fox. I wouldn't say Bam. You wouldn't say Bam. He has an All Star. Like, Fox doesn't. Yeah, he made it to the finals. Do you like, see the West? You see the West? Who's on? Who's on the guards for the West? You think he is ever yeah, gonna like, make like, it with like, their record? I agree. I agree that like like Sacramento's a bad team and all that. Like Fox is a good player, but like he's not like up there with like Tatum and Mitchell. I'm not saying he is, but he's over Bam for sure. Like. I don't know about that. Level, like similar level, but like I put like Bam above him for now. Bam's Just watch like, the Olympics. Just watch the Olympics. If he doesn't do well, Fox isn't even there. How can? How can no, I'm saying that? Bam. Bam's on the team. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Fox is at home, so I think that's. <laughs> I, I think that goes to our point. Well, well. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You look at the U.S. team. They're a joke already. They took up Javale McGee, Javale McGee, and fucking uh, Kelton Johnson. So I mean. That's the disrespect yeah, exactly. to Trey Young. That, that, oh, go, that goes to our point then. They had, like they looked at Fox really now. Nah, I think we're good at JaVel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all drop shits on my list, so I don't care. Um, I'm nah, gonna dive yeah, into my list kidding. now. So like, they, the USA was, was was bugging with that. They definitely should have picked up like John Moran or like Trey Young or something. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Jaw and Fox are basically the same player. Morant's just more athletic. That's it. But no, nah, um, not 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 Fox is faster, way faster. Yeah, yeah. Morant's much has much more higher hops. He's yeah. more explosive, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they're they're very similar for sure. Yeah. Okay. Diving my list. This is gonna be a long a mouthful here because I'm gonna list out all the accolades. 97 is that my number five. Um, just like Donnie. Again, I actually initially I didn't have 97 on there. Then I looked back to everything and just what Donnie said. Duncan alone, just him alone, <laughs> fucking like, you have to. But then why he, you're he's on number five is because without him, that class is also a like a meh class. Like, you know, if Detroit Pistons didn't make that that run, Billups isn't isn't a one. T Mac, you know, T Mac his injuries. So for this class, you had twenty seven All Stars, one rookie. Well, every of them. All of them have a rookie of the year, but uh, <laughs> um, one most improved player. Ben Simmons' class might have two, you know. 
<laughs> ben Simmons and whoever else was drafted. <laughs> you had eight NBA off defensive first, nine all NBA defensive seconds, 12 all NBA first teams, four all NBA seconds, seven all NBA third teams. Majority of those were Tim Duncan, of course. Surprisingly, the one accolade that wasn't on here was Duncan never won a defensive player of the year, which is wild. War- um, yeah. Yeah, which is wild. Um, to my mind. Two MVPs, eight NBA championships, four final MVPs, one bronze medal, and I mean, two inducted Hall of Famers and Billups arguably could also be in there as well. Moving on to my fourth, different order from Donnie starting now. 2008 is my number four. The reason why is you had D. Rose and Westbrook. Uh, D. Rose had a spectacular season that year. But I only discount D. Rose as MVP just a little bit because of LeBron's villain year. That was LeBron's villain year where he went to South Beach. MVP is still an MVP. Donnie's shaking his head. But MVP is still MVP. I'll give it to D. Rose. But I think that LeBron was like, I believe he was like third or fourth But if on that running. But if he didn't do what he did, he would have arguably won three MVPs in a row. So the whole class, they racked up 22 All-Stars. Three. This is the most improved class for some reason they have three most improved players one six man of the year five all nba first defensive three all nba offensive second four all nba first seven all nba second team five all nba third team eight nba championships two mvps three gold medals and one silver medal and again just like what donnie brought up d rose arguably could be a hall of famer i think he should be a hall of famer just because I mean, if you look at it, Grant Hill got fucking Hall of Famer for his playing years, and he never won an MVP. So, I mean, you know what I mean? And, like, T-Mac never won MVP, but he was also injured quite a bit, too. So, you know, like, there's that. is guaranteed Hall of Famer. For sure. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, Hall of Famer, like, it's such, like, a weird scale to grade on nowadays because anyone can make a Hall into the Hall of Fame, sadly to say. But yeah, I mean, there's arguably three right there. D. Rose, Westbrook, and maybe Kevin Love because of his championship. Because, I mean, the criteria they could put in the team that beat the best team ever, you know what I mean? Like, could be on there. So, who knows? Who really knows? So, my number three pick, 2012. Ooh, it's getting a bit spicy in there, don't you think? But before we head back and finish the rest of this debate, we're going to take a short little break. Usually, podcasts would have sponsor ads here. I don't, unfortunately. I just want to take this time here to tell you guys to go get yourself a glass of water, yell at the clouds, or message your friends of the hot takes you've been hearing thus far. Or you can hop onto our IG account at BB Shop Quintet Podcast and email us at bbshopquintetpodcast at gmail.com for any comments, questions, or any updates or input. Now, we will see you in a few. Donnie already named it. I don't have to name the guys that are on that. But those are really the only five names that should be really um, put out there. That's why they're a bit lower. They racked up 24 All-Stars. One All-NBA first team, five All-NBA second team, four All-NBA third team, which is why I put them lower on my list. They have six All-NBA defensive first teams, four All-NBA defensive second teams, 
and one depoy, four NBA championships, two gold medals, and four arguably Hall of Famers in AD, B.O., Dame, and Draymond. I wouldn't put Middleton on the Hall of Famer at all, but if the criteria comes up the 50-49 club bullshit, sure. Um, <laughs> sure, I guess. Uh, going to my second pick here, 2011, you had Kyrie, you had Clay, Kawhi, Butler, Valanchunas, Kemba Walker, Vucevic, Sabonis, IT, all-stars, superstars, you name it. Just more depth. That's why I also, like you guys, I also put down that on my top five, but they're also higher because of that, because of the depth. Yeah, they're not, they're no scrubs, right? And even if I want to put down the scrubs, even the scrubs were like good role players. So that's how deep that class was. I think that ranged from like 2011 to 2015 was like the big names of this generation, right? So they racked up 32 all-stars, one most improved player, one rookie of the, sorry, I don't know why I say that, two defensive <laughs> player of the years, three NBA all-defensive first, 11 all-defensive second teams, three all-NBA first teams, three all-NBA second teams, nine all-NBA thirds, 10, a whopping 10 NBA championships, two final MVPs, one MVP, uh, finals MVP, yeah, one MVP, sorry, three, one MVP, scratch that, forget I said one, one MVP, there is no MVP in that list, <laughs> three gold medals, four Hall of Famers in Kyrie, Clay, Kawhi, and I don't know, you could possibly put in Butler in there if you really wanted to, but we'll see, I don't think he'll be up there, but but yeah, and, and my last final pick here, 1998, just because of the depth um, of this class was just insane, Again, because of my criteria, I went for depth and, you know, the accolades that this class was one of the deepest classes that I've seen. 36 all-stars, which is crazy. One six-man of the year, one all-NBA defensive, four all-NBA first teams, seven all-NBA second teams, seven all-NBA third teams, five NBA championships, two finals MVPs, one season MVP, one gold medal, one bronze medal. One RA Hall of Famer in Paul Pierce, and then, uh, you know, two more, hopefully, and Carter, hopefully, and then uh, Nowitzki, for sure, he's going to make it. So so that's my top five list. Now, before we go into our questions, uh, does anyone have any thoughts on each other's list before we proceed here? All pretty accurate, I'd say. Um, Everyone's reasonings are pretty... Uh, they make sense. Uh, there's yeah. no, there's no con. I guess the, the the most controversial take, so to speak, would, of course, it's mine with the 2018. But you know, it, it it's it, you can justify it, right? So, fair enough, fair enough. Donnie, do you have any thoughts or? Yeah, I'll say like yeah, me and you, less pretty similar. Like all five of the classes were the same. Just like yeah, like it's just, it's, honestly, the differences between us were pretty minor. It was just like the like fourth and fifth. Mm-hmm. Or the third and fourth were changed, and the first and second were changed. I would say that, like, I'd still defend what I said before about the 2011 being the top class, mm-hmm. and it's mostly because, like, when I compare like the players that were there, like, it all comes down to like, like your personal opinion on the players. Like, in my opinion, I think that Kawhi is a better player than Dirk Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. That's what gave 2011 the edge over me because, like, I think Kawhi is better than Dirk, and then I think that like Kyrie is better than VC, and then Paul Pierce. And Clay, it's pretty 
Ooh. pretty like oh ben's getting out of seat can you repeat what you said that made him do that oh Kyrie over vc all day bro all day brother <laughs> in, in in okay in what uh in what definition like in career accolades and talent <laughs> but i also I, I also will add a caveat that like i don't like vc because of what he did for the raptors <laughs> So I, I will, I will, I will. Add I was gonna there. say there, there's a caveat there, huh? I, I will add that in there that I may be like kind of biased, but like I, I say Kyrie over BC stuff. <laughs> well, you can, you can definitely respond to that. <laughs> oh man, it's just one of those things of like, I don't, I, um, he's a better scorer. Oh, this is tough, man, because it's like I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to answer this without letting my. My my uh, Vince Carter fandom bleed through, <laughs> trying to be completely unbiased, but it's it's like because my because my argument would have been like Kyrie as like the number one guy versus VC as the number one guy in terms of their primes, you know Vince Vince carried his team to like the second round while Kyrie by himself uh, didn't do anything, yep. didn't, didn't do anything right yeah and 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 it was one of those things too where. Um, you know when Kyrie was on the Celtics, and they made it all the way to the conference finals without him. They did it. They, they did it. They did it without him, yeah. right? Yeah, they did it. With, yeah, they did it without yeah. him. And after that, I think Kyrie realized he's like, man, I can't, I can't be the lead guy anymore. And that's why he went and teamed up with KD because he was just like, you know, there, there were talks of him potentially going to LA to team with Braun, but I think with Kyrie, that was more, I think like that was more of an ego thing of like, yeah, you know, he's like, man, that's me admitting that I can't do it by myself. I need my, I need my Batman, you know, I yeah. need my Batman and LeBron, but he's like, okay, let me find a different Batman and just mm. the, the other guy in KD. But yeah, I, 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 I feel what you're saying. Like, I agree with like what you're saying that Kyrie definitely can't be the lead dog, but I personally don't find anything wrong with that. Like, you know, like not yeah, everybody sure. can be the Jordan. Like you, some people have to be the Pippen, right? Like, and mm-hmm. Ky- Kyrie, he's proven he can be one of the greatest like sidekicks out there. You see what he did in 2016 finals. Yep. You saw what he did this year in the playoffs until like, before he got hurt. Yep. Like I think that like Kyrie has shown that like yeah he can- he's not the leader. Like you know he's like like you see what he does like how how he talks like what he's what he does like he's not a guy that can like lead the team. But yeah. when he's just there like in his role just like go okay go out there get some buckets like mm-hmm. there's not many players that that are better than him just like at that role go out there get some buckets. And, and, and that's why, yeah, go on. I'm, I'm sorry, that's what I'm saying. Like, sorry, that's why I would take him over VC because, like, yeah, like VC is better as the lead dog, but like VC as the lead dog, what like, what did he really do, right? Yep, that's true. That's true. I guess I'm just blinded a little bit by nostalgia and stuff because it's like I remember as a kid, you know, VC was like Michael Jordan, right? And I don't know if there's any play. I don't know if there's any. I'm, I mean, I could be wrong. If there's like this next generation of kids watching basketball. Do, do they see Kyrie in that same light of like, yo, this guy's like, no, it's like they see LeBron in that light, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the comparisons I hear from Kyrie is like Kyrie's like Iverson because of the handles mm-hmm. and the way that's, they yeah, the that's a more, yeah, that's, that's the a, only, that's the only comparison I see. But then, like, I, I could see where you're coming from, Ben. It's like when you're, you're, when you're compared to Jordan, it's like, all right, yeah. like you're, you're put in the pedestal now, right? And yeah, and, and yeah. And it was countless guys who were actually put on that pedestal. Grant Hill. Yeah, Grant Hill was one too. Yeah. Tracy McGrady. T-Mac. LeBron. Yeah. Carter. Rest in peace, Kobe. Like mm-hmm. a bunch of guys were compared to Kobe. Like even I, Devin Booker. Like, yeah. Fuck. 
Wait, wait, wait. I've never heard I've ever I've never heard Booker get compared to Michael Where Jordan. were you the last yeah. two when, weeks? When they're when they're up when they're up 2 0 in the finals, everybody was just like hyping up. Stop, Booker, like, yo, yeah, really? Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean I, I even was Stephen A even Stephen A said he was a yeah. next D book. Okay, yeah. Well yeah. Stephen well, Stephen A's on weed, so like he's yeah. just... <laughs> it was blasphemous then and it was blasphemous now. He's, yeah. he's a good player, but like he's he's no cool. I will say this about Kyrie though. I think Kyrie has the greatest handles of all time. Oh yeah, like just yeah. watching him play basketball, like, like the layups he hits, those like dribble moves he has, like unreal to watch. Like lucky to watch mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so we'll dive into the questions list now. It's funny we we were just talking about the playoffs, and uh, I didn't mean to slip that in for a transitional segue, but um, I guess <laughs> it works out perfectly fine here. Your playoff thoughts so far, especially since we talked a bit about how. Um, we all think that the Bucks will win tomorrow, which might be the case. What's your thoughts so far in the playoffs? Uh, let's let's start off with Ben because you had a hot take and that didn't pan out. <laughs> <laughs> what was the yeah, hot take? I was, yeah, my hot take was uh, I was on the Utah Jazz bandwagon for for winning it all. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I ho- I kind of hopped onto the Phoenix bandwagon just because it was just kind of like. Seeing how dominant they were throughout this whole postseason realm has been incredible to watch. And it was it's almost kind of poetic because, you know, the bubble suns, you know, 90 in the bubble. And people were saying it's like, oh, this is going to this is their momentum going into next season. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they get Chris Paul and then th- they brought it into fruition. Yep. And then, yeah, those first two games of the finals, you know, it, it looked like suns and four for sure because they were just so dominant. But man, I gotta give I gotta give credit where credit is due, and like me and Tony in in our group chats, I've discussed this. You know, I've been a, a low key a Chris Middleton hater. It's not just you; it's everyone. Everyone yeah, clown my yo, take. Man. Everyone clown my fucking take, and look what happened, Chris Middleton, yeah. baby. Chris Middleton, yo, Chris Middleton, ball. Oh, NBA third team. I'm a Middleton believer. I said it too. I, I no, no, it. I do too. When you. When you can perform like that on the biggest stage in basketball, it's like, yo, that's that's a respect right there. So, and that was the biggest thing with the Bucks is that on paper they're the better team mm-hmm. because when when all of their players are firing on all cylinders, yo, they're they're deadly. Like they're super deadly. The problem is, is like throughout the series, and then even in the games before, even going back to like the their series with the Nets. It was really just, it was Giannis and then whoever else came to play. But mm-hmm. now in the last couple of games, all of these guys are coming to play. Like, yo, Drew Holiday had the game of his life last game. Yeah, Chris same. Middleton, yeah. the game before. That one stretch where, that one game, I forgot Bobby Portis? it was. Where, not just, no, not Bobby. Yeah, Bobby Portis had his own game too. But when uh, when Brooke Lopez came out to play, I think oh, it was yes. his, the yes. one game I think Giannis was injured, right? Brooke Lopez went to throw back, like, not just Brooke Nets, Nets, Lopez, yeah. like New Jersey Nets, Brooke yeah. Lopez. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll it'll be definitely an interesting game to watch on Tuesday. Mm. But with that said, part of me thinks you know the NBA likes how exciting the series is, and I feel like you know they might uh they might want to get that extra game seven money revenue. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens because yeah, the, the officiating has been shoddy the last, mm-hmm. last two games. So Thanks. shout out to Devin Booker, game four, setting an NBA Finals record with eight fouls in a game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the swing of the Bucks coming back is a mix of this is what I see. I don't know if you guys agree, but is it a mix of Bud's coach? Like he's actually coaching now, like coaching properly. 
or Scott Foster with the help of Scott Foster in game oh. three where Phoenix fucking just like Chris Paul had the worst game of like this pole playoff run, arguably. Oh yeah. I definitely would not blame the refs. Like I see people talking about the Scott Foster thing. I, I really didn't think it was that much of a factor. Like that, that game that he ref, like the Bucks just like totally outplayed them. Uh, like Chris mm-hmm. Paul, honestly, like after like the first couple of games kind of like falling off of a cliff, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just been, hasn't been playing that well. And then, like, even like that, yeah, like that game with the Scott Foster, that like, there's a lot of, there's been just bad officiating both ways, but like, namely, like Booker with his five fouls and fouling these guys like three times and not getting calls because they want to keep the stars in, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that, like, in all honesty, like, I'll have to give credit to the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, Bud has really made adjustments. Like, Chris Paul, like, him falling off a cliff wasn't just, like, by luck. It's because, like, Drew Holiday now is the yeah. like, primary defender. And he's been playing, like, lights out. Even though, like, his offense, like, the first, like, four games was, like, pretty embarrassing. <laughs> like, his defensive effort, like, for the last couple of games has really, really made up for us. So even though his like, was, like, four for 16, four for 20, the games before, like, he was still making an impact because he was taking Chris Paul out. And, like, the first couple of games, Chris Paul was just, like, running loose, like, doing whatever he wanted, like, when Chris Paul is going, then DeAndre Aiden's are going too, because like Chris yeah. Paul just like puts on a platter for Aiden, right? So like yeah. being able to take those two out and kind of neutralize them is like really is really really big advantage for Milwaukee. And then mm. another thing that like has been going for them is like Mil- Milton's like obviously woken up to to play. Like Milton's like he's a pendulum. Like either he's like he's Michael Kyle Jordan Kuz- or he's Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Prime <laughs> Kobe or like Shanghai Sharks the star player. Like there's, nothing, there's really like no in between. Like so like his dial's been on. He's been going for the last like three games. And he's been like he's been like a player that's like good at home and bad on the road. So yeah. ho- hopefully like game six he's able to continue like his hot home streak. But you never know like with like, with a guy like him he could just like all of a sudden go cold because like. The way he, like, his game is, too, is, like, he, like, thrives off of, like, fadeaways and, like, contested shots. Mm-hmm. So, like, those are, like, tough shots that he's making. Like, he doesn't, he's not a guy who, like, goes to the rim and gets, like, easy dunks and easy layups. Like, if his, like, shot's not falling, then, like, it's going to be really tough for him to get a rhythm. So, yeah. that's something that could really change for the Bucks. But hopefully they're able to keep going because, like, Giannis has just, like, turned his game up to a whole nother notch. Like, I used to be critical of him in the past because, like, play his, in the playoffs, he, like, honestly was choking, like, Against Miami, they definitely shouldn't have lost last year. Like, the honest, average like twenty three points. They really they won a game when he didn't play last year. The only game they won is when he didn't play last year. And like as like the two time MVP defensive player of the year, it's not acceptable, right? Even go back the year before against the Raptors, they're up two zero, and then they lost four in a row. And the honest, averaged like twenty three points during the series. It was like forty five percent in the field, which is like pretty embarrassing from a guy who only like shoes dunks and lamps, right? Like how you shooting forty five percent. You got to so, give like, credit to Kawhi for that, though. Yeah, Kawhi, Nick Nurse, like the, the whole defensive scheme, like they, they, they really did well. Mm-hmm. Yep, they did really, really well. But like that's just like what my why I was critical of Giannis in the past is like he didn't perform in the playoffs when it mattered the most, and like he's really absolutely shattered this narrative this year. Like he's been going like demon mode, like at, like dropped like yep. forty back to back games earlier. Like he's averaging like I think like thirty points, thirteen rebounds, and like five assists this year. Like yep. been going crazy. So if he's able to keep this up, and then if both Middleton and Holiday show up to play on game six, and like, I think it's a wrap, but it's like, wrap. even if like, if one of them shows up and Drew Holiday continues playing like really, really solid defense, then I still, I still think they should be able to get it done yeah. at home. Yeah. Yeah. Drew just needs to lock down, keep, keep Chris Paul locked down because people were t- like talking so much trash about like Drew Holiday, the first, like those first yeah, two games. Was- 
Yeah, <laughs> people don't people don't realize that it's like he's he's the best defensive guard in the NBA, and like all all of his peers have said it as well. Like you know, Dame has said it. I forget who other other guards are saying. He's like, yo, Drew Holiday gives them the most like uh, matchup uh, problems. So it was one of those things where I feel like after the first two games, he start, he readjusted. And that's why, you know, as much as people like to say, like, like yourself, where it's like Chris Paul f- fell off a cliff. I think it's not necessarily Chris Paul fell off a cliff, but I think drew holiday just kind of like, Pushed figured, him off the edge. yeah, yeah. Figured, figured, figured. Yeah. Drew holidays. Chris Paul didn't fall off the cliff. Drew holiday pushed him off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Back to the playoffs based on the playoffs though. So far, let's start off with you, Donnie. Which team do you think underachieved and which team do you think overachieved this year? Well, I'd say for overachieved, first, like, to answer that question, it's kind of tough because, like, really, like, injuries really, like, shook up everything in terms of the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, it's hard to really gauge, like, what teams really, really did and really didn't meet up the expectations. But mm-hmm. I would say, like, in terms of underachieved, I would say, even though they got injured, I would still say the Brooklyn Nets, like, when you when you put together a team like that, like yeah, even though we didn't have Kyrie, yeah, even though Harden was playing together all on one leg, like you're like uh, you guys were mentioning earlier, K- Katie the Snake, like everybody's asking questions about you and your legacy. Everybody's talking about you. Can you do it by yourself? Do you need Steph Curry? Do you need Klay Thompson? Do you need Kyrie Irving? This is your chance to show, hey, I'm Katie. I'm that guy. I can get buckets. I can carry a team by myself. Like that's all you had to do was take one half of a step back and <laughs> on that last three to get past the next round. You know, like. So, yeah, like, even though they had the injuries that really stepped back and kind of derailed their season, like, I still think they underachieved relatively because, like, KD and, like, half of James Harden and, like, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, blah, 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 that should be enough for, for them to, like, make it past, especially, well, yeah, like, past the Bucks, they like, basically yeah. almost won, and then yeah. they definitely would have beat the Hawks, and then Harden yeah. hopefully would have been back. But, yeah, I definitely think they underachieved, and then overachieved, I would definitely say the Phoenix Suns, like, I honestly think like they got lucky. Like I think they would have lost to the Lakers. Then AD got hurt. Lakers were up two one, and then AD got hurt, and then mm. obviously they steamrolled them for the rest of the series. Mm. Next round they faced the Denver Nuggets. Didn't have Jamal Murray, so they obviously mm. steamrolled them. And then next round they faced the LA Clippers. No Kawhi Leonard. And then Clippers they took them to six games. And honestly, like Clippers could have went up three one in the series if they learned how to defend an inbound pass. I'll leave. They could have easily been up. 3-1 and potentially like completely change the series on the side. I honestly think they've had like a favorable string of matchups going forward from an injury perspective. And now they're facing a team that's fully healthy and you see them now they're on the ropes. We'll see how they respond. But I think they've definitely overachieved so far. Okay. All right. Ben? The teams you mentioned, Brooklyn for sure, definitely underachieved considering they had like the super team of super teams. Yep. I can't even count how many all-star appearances on that team combined. Phoenix, of course, is the obvious answer. In terms of other... In terms of overachieving, uh, in terms of another overachieving team, I think it was like definitely the Hawks and the Knicks. Yes. yes. The Hawks had no business being in the Eastern Conference Finals, but yes. uh, Trey Young went full Reggie Miller and became, you know, the new villain of the NBA, which I absolutely love because if you look at, if you just look at Trey Young, he does not look like a villain at all. Maybe yeah. like in a, maybe like in a weird, like Austin Powers, like type, type of way, but like, um, <laughs> Yeah, the Hawks for sure. The Knicks were super surprising, but it's a testament to, you know, uh, Tibbs' co- Tibbs's coaching as well as you know. Uh, I'm also like like Donnie a D Rose guy, so uh, mm. D Rose's impact on that team cannot be understated. Loved watching him in the playoffs this year. I oh, it. It was, oh, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I I forget where I talked about it, but um, get you a girl 
that's as loyal as Tibbs is to D Rose. That's that's yeah. uh, that's the expression. Because literally every team that Tibbs has been a part of, he's yep. he's always gotten Derrick Rose on it in some capacity, yep. which has been incredible. But oh man! But also that also shows like the which is sad. Like the sad part of it is shows the lack of like depth that New York Knicks had, like actual player depth because. Derek Rose was supposed to come in and play the six man role, not the fucking starting point guard. And he played the most like minutes. He was the best player on that team. He He was. was. He was. Yeah, he turned back the clock. So you're like, what? Like this, this, like if if D Rose is your best player on the team and Julius Randle was your second all NBA player and he was ghosting, like, bro, he was nowhere to be found. Like, again, it could be postseason jitters for him too. This is our first playoffs. Yep. Yeah, but again, I think I think Atlanta Haas was just on another level, to be honest. Like they they had again, like we can clown Ben Simmons all we want, but they had no business, like Ben said, no business of being in the Eastern no Conference Finals. No they, they 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 Hawks versus Knicks, that was up in air. But then yeah. when when you see the momentum go with the Hawks going into the second round, you're like, they might actually have a chance against Philly. Holy shit, I can't believe I just said that. You know what I mean? And and they did. Win game one again, like the first round, and then go in and like take it away from them. Like it was ridiculous. Scaring Ben Simmons to the point where he doesn't even take the lane. Shoot the ball, yeah. Like yeah, you know what I mean? And taking the Bucks to what six? Like what? Like, you know what I mean? Like that that's that's insane. They they have like uh, and and uh, and I think in in both the chat groups that uh you ben and donnie are in the separate chat groups i mean I, I i think i mentioned that if they make it to the finals and they lose they're the se- they're the 2007 cavaliers but they, they made no it to, being there, yep. yeah and if if they they if they make it to the eastern conference finals and they lose they're the boston celtics when it was led by not Kyrie, and they made it to the eastern <laughs> conference finals <laughs> you know what i mean and and it was just one of those things where it's like trey young just snapped you had Capella, who like was the defensive anchor. John Collins might get a max contract after this. Like, holy shit! Kevin Herter was a bucket. Like an name, he needs to get bucket. his name changed to Kevon Herter, man. Like that guy yeah. was geez, the <laughs> they love him in Magic had? City now, man. Oh. <laughs> for Lou. They love him in Magic City. Yo, yeah, the depth Lou, on that Lou. team is so underrated. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Bogdanovich, Capella, Collins, and then Gallinari. Like that Gallinari. team has so much. To- Mohawk Gallinari is a different yeah. animal, bro. He's a beast. Like, what the hell? And then Cam Reddish, man. He, Cam he, Reddish he, he, wasn't he showed even up in nowhere. Yeah, and that's like, the funny yeah. thing. Cam Reddish healthy could be a huge game changer on that team. Yeah. He's still young yeah. too. Because people yeah. same forget. with Hunter too. Yeah. Hunter, yeah. Oh yeah, DeAndre Hunter too, man. Because it's like people forget that Cam Reddish it was the third guy between Zion and RJ. Everyone was talking yep. about Zion and RJ. There were times, you know, I didn't watch a whole lot of the college ball. But there were times where Cam Reddish looked like the best guy on the floor. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he was taking, he dropped, his stock dropped, right? So everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, like, is he not that great? Right. Yeah. So, and yeah, we forgot, I forgot to mention Onyeka Onkongu, too, the rookie yeah. from the Chino Hills. Yeah. And, uh, Chino Hills, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, the, 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 the Ball, ball brothers. brothers. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Like that, that guy defended Embiid pretty well. Yeah. Like, shit. Yeah. Like, that was, that was, that was, uh, that was quite a show. So, I don't know. The Hawks will be scary in the next few years, definitely. But speaking of next year, this is my next question. Which team will slip next year from overachieving this year? We'll go with Ben first. That, ooh, that's a tough one. Put on your profit hat, good sir. 
what team will slip? Like, which team will, like, follow the playoffs or just, like, what team, like, overachieved this year and is going to be, like, bad next year? Like, yeah, yeah. They, okay. they won't meet the same bar of expectation as this year. Because, you know, some teams are, like, you know, like, the Phoenix Suns will have that bar of expectations next year for sure well, based on their it, run, right? It depends, though. That depends on if, if Chris Paul comes back. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see how because much. Because if, if, if Chris Paul doesn't come back or, like, I saw a post where it was like Chris Paul is either if, if they win, which, you know, we'll see what happens. If they win, Chris Paul might pull off uh, a Peyton Manning riding off into the sunset, you know, of mm-hmm. like, which I, I don't see happening. I, I, I see Chris Paul still has a couple of years left of like mm-hmm. of like playing. Well, he said he did clearly state a few years ago when he switched into the vegan diet that he was going to definitely like play into his 40s. Nice. Yeah. Good. Right. So it's yeah, it's tough to say because I think. I think everyone pretty much knows that the Suns, that the Suns run this year was, you know, has an asterisk towards it. I always hate using that term because of like they had the easiest path to the finals ever. So I don't think anyone's fully expecting them to like go back to the finals. I guess in terms of teams that I'm quite, I'm a little bit uh, questionable on, like, you know, no offense, Tony, I'm a little questionable on, on the Celtics next year because like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I am too. Well, because because well, because losing Jalen Brown to that 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 that's huge. That's absolutely yeah. huge. The only way I could see for them, like I guess, making a, a, a decent run is if Jason Tatum takes it to the next next level. Before I let you off, make sure you check out the Barbershop Quintet podcast on all streaming platforms. Give us a like. Give us a five-star review on Apple Pod and follow us at BB Shop Quintet Podcast on IG if you want to be involved as a guest on our panel or have any topics you'd like to discuss about. Hit us up on our IG account or email us at bbshopquintetpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your fresh inputs and ideas for this pod. Let us be your top five of the day. Because the way I see it, you know, in terms of the young guys, uh, Luca's on on top, of course. This is the guy who's like the generational talent franchise, potentially league like league MVP type 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 of dude. I see Tatum as like the next rung below, but if he na- takes the next step, I could I could see, he has the potential to be up there. I don't see him, and I love Tatum. Tatum is my second favorite player behind LeBron. I don't see him, regardless of however he performs next year, I don't see him going up to Luca's tier. I think Yeah, Luka's, neither do I, but that's what he Luka's needs to do the, for them yeah. to perform. But but right as of right now, he's on a USA team and they're saying that like he's like the arguably the best player. So that that speaks a lot when you have Dame and KD on your squad. Like um, I mean, how that, many that says a lot. Won? That says a lot about the U.S. team, their lack of talent. But that also says a lot about how uh, he's actually progressing too. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Passing on to Donnie, what, what team do you think uh, will slip from overachieving this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say next year. I, I don't expect either of these teams to be back in the finals. Like Suns, I already mentioned earlier. Like I think they look kind of pretty fortuitous path to the finals with all the injuries that they that they encountered next year. I expect the finals Western conference finals to be like the Warriors and the Lakers. 
And then for the Eastern Conference, I don't I don't expect the Bucks to be back because I think that the Nets will be healthy. Mm-hmm. just like too good of a team to be able to beat. Yeah. And then in terms of like a team that teams that will be like falling out of the playoffs, I think Portland like Dame's got to get out of there for for his sake, for our sake, for everybody's sake. Just get Dame to to a team that he can like actually compete. That's what he deserves. That's what the fans deserve. We we want to see Dame in the finals. Mm-hmm. We want to see him balling. So like. As soon as Dame's gone, that team, Portland team's falling apart. He's he's been carrying it on his back for years, so mm-hmm. I think Portland will be falling out next year. And then, honestly, I think the Knicks because like you saw them this year, like they're a team that's like scrappy, but like yep. they don't have like the top line talent that a bunch of the other teams have. Yep. And like D Rose is a free agent, who knows what's going to go up with him? And then they have a lot of cap space, so it's got to it really depends on like what they do. But like. You know, in the Knicks in the past, they haven't really been hitting on their free agent signings. So we'll see. The restore remains to be seen what they can be doing. But I think that there's really a chance of them dropping down because, like, there's a bunch of teams that didn't make the playoffs last year that uh, may potentially be the rise. Like, Raptors, they're back in Toronto. No Tampa Bay. So they potentially could be going up. Uh, Chicago Bulls, they got Vucevic, Zach Levine. They've got a bunch of money in free agency. If they pick up a player like Lonzo Ball, they could potentially mm. be pushing for the lower end in the – in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So like, that would be like where like the Knicks would be falling. Right. So mm-hmm. like, there's definitely, definitely co- competition that on the rise for the Knicks to take, to take their spot in the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've been talking a lot about Phoenix. This is another question too, that uh, it's kind of like a, I guess a hypothetical based on kind of what the teams that we've seen this year and how they progressed, even the past few years i guess you could take into account as well what team and which player or which vet that yeah let me rephrase this what what team needs that one vet to push them over the hump and which vet should they go get like for example like cp3 going to phoenix right like that that was a big pickup for phoenix like um let's start off with donnie first i guess or ben ben yeah Ooh. since you're our oh, okay uh, no, I was gonna say if Philadelphia gets Kyle Lowry, they go to the NBA Finals. So do you? So to follow up that prediction right there, or that statement right there, do they have to get rid of Ben Simmons? Ah, uh, not necessarily, because from what I heard, and I guess this could be all smoke screams, the offer that the Seventy Sixers received for Lowry was something along the lines of like uh, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Tybel, and like a couple first round picks, which, you know, as a Raptors fan, I'm like, like you could do a lot better than that. But, you know, yeah. as if you look at it from Philly's side, I, I, I'm stunned that they didn't take that because yeah. I'm firm into the belief that if whatever team, because there were three teams, whether it be uh, the Lakers, the Heat, or the Sixers, the three teams that passed on Kyle Lowry uh, during the trade deadline, they all got they all got worked in the playoffs, and I believe that. And I believe that whatever team picked him up, if a team did, they would have went to the finals, hundred percent. Because Lowry's that guy in the CP3 mold of like he just makes his teammates better, and he makes everyone around him better. And it's just uh, not just with his play style, but his his attitude and his mentality. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's my thing, Donnie. Yeah, that was that was really good. One. That's that's what I was gonna say. Philadelphia picking up Lowry, I would say like something out of the box, like Dallas Mavericks. I think that if they pick up like a point guard, because like, like you, you need someone that can like yeah, like point guard like Lowry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's like some that's something that really can like make a difference for them because like they need someone to like help out Luca because like 
you watch him in the playoffs. This guy's just doing everything for them. He's scoring all the points, getting all the assists, like just r- running the offense through him every single play. It takes a toll. Like if you give someone like a running pay- a running mate to help him out, like like help out with the second unit, yeah. helps get some other guys, like create some offense on your own, and then like try to help. Uh, and Lowry's like a guy that like he's not only is he a leader, but like he's like, a guy that understands like how to get certain guys going. So like mm-hmm. maybe he's the guy that can kind of like figure out how to get Porzingis to get his butt in the paint, you know, like, <laughs> like so, so, so you're, you're saying, you're saying that they would have to keep KP there. If no, like, like they ship him out. I think he's like, he's a bum, but like, like he's definitely <laughs> shown, he's shown flashes in the past. He has, yeah. he has the potential to be an all-star. It's all about realizing it. If they're able to, cause I think Dallas has a bunch of cap space too. So like, I think they if do. they could just like add Lowry to this roster, and then I think Lowry would be able to like help Chris Tapsbrzingis potentially reach that potential. But like, mm. if we get him with Lowry there, and Chris Tapps is still doing the same thing, still bricking from like twenty five feet every single play, like then you gotta ship him out for somebody. Like he's like yeah, he's we're we're teetering on on the side. Like he may be a lost cause. He might be one of those guys that like plays on like a lottery team and just puts up numbers. But like mm. he went from like, a unicorn to a thing. dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most overrated players, in my opinion. So, oh, man. but no, like because why I asked that was because, yeah, what Ben said about the the Philly trade, a rumored trade, right? Like, from what I heard through the grapevines, through like media and shit like that, they're saying like, oh, for in order to, I guess, get Lowry, and and I guess you you two are both Toronto Raptors fans, so I don't, I don't know if this trade would work, but they were saying something amongst the lines of either train Porzingis out. Or keeping Porzingis there and then sign and trade Tim Hardaway Jr., give up Brunson, and then also put in like Josh Green. They're, I guess, I guess they're rookie and then a couple picks or, or one pick because they're strained on picks apparently. They owe a pick to the Knicks from that Porzingis trade. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah. all those guys away from Toronto. Keep them. Yeah. I really, like, I really did not want any of those guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah so, what, what's, a, what's, a, what's a trade package you'd get though for Lowry? Like, if you're the for which team? Like any team? Dallas, or? Dallas. From Dallas, I, like I, like, I think like Lowry, like like is a free agent, so I think Dallas actually has the cap space to like sign him out, right? Like yeah, like Philly, like it would have to be a signed trade because like they they they're like at the cap limit, mm. and like yeah, like Philly's trade now, like because I think like during the season they were able to trade like that maxi, the thigh bowl, yeah. whatever package, but like mm. I don't I don't think they're able to do that package now because like mm. Simmons' contract like went up now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because of the cap restrictions. Yeah, that that's why they they missed such a yeah. big opportunity. And it was funny because pretty much all of Toronto sports media thought it was a done deal that Lowry was gone. Man, that that game, that last game on the trade deadline, they were like, "This is Kyle. Could this be Kyle Lowry's last game?" As a, yeah. it felt like the Kyle Lowry farewell game, right? And it, and it yeah. was like, "Psych, we're not trading." I was like, "Like what?" The f- <laughs> Yeah, like it was honestly like like pretty embarrassing from like the not not just the, the Philly GM but also the Lakers GM because like like why are you not like you're you're in win now mode why are you not trading away like Thibel and like Maxi who like guys they didn't even play that much yeah, they, yeah. They, they're not difference makers and you're picking up like an all star point guard in Lowry and then Lakers like they they didn't want to give up the like, Kale and Horton Tucker like, I was who's, so who's, happy about who's that Kale and Horton Tucker I would have been so pissed I, I remember- off if that trade happened. I remember bringing this up at um, the podcast that Ben and I did recently. Taylor Horton Tucker is a is a personified version, uh, sorry, personified 
like image or uh, as a whole, as a player, <laughs> as at the NBA top shot, right? Like how like yeah, their value just skyrockets and now he's a dud. But yeah, Lakers shot themselves in the foot. Like, like I agree because now you have Dennis Schroeder who you have to sign. Like there is like they have no cap space, but they have their his bird rights. So you got to sign him. But who the fuck is who the fuck wants Dennis Schroeder as your main trading chip? You know what I mean? Like yeah. what Montrez Harrell's gonna pick up his player option because he was a dud. Andre Drummond, you have his bird rights, but I think he's gonna stay. So what you you Montrez, Kuz, uh Dennis Schroeder, who 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 are you gonna get? You know what I mean? Uh, and they're also, ironically game. speaking, they have vet presence on their team, but that they still need that vet player to get them over the hump. Mm-hmm. I will no say way. that it's extremely poetic that all the guys that LeBron shipped out for Anthony Davis have had career years. Like Jordan Clarkson won six man, Julius Randle won most improved, Brandon Ingram won most improved last year. Lonzo Ball mm-hmm. started balling out. Like it's just, it's, it's just very poetic. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. If they kept the team. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it worked out. LeBron got his ring, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Do what it is. And you have AD. Like, like honestly, like we always think that NBA teams are in like a pretty crap position, but then somehow some something comes up and they're able to like finesse something. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if like Lakers are able to like trade a bunch of scrubs for like Kemba Walker or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I, okay. I think Damian Lillard is a bit too like far fetched, but like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they could like get. Like just gave OKC like a shitload of picks and then just get Kemba Walker. I don't know if Kemba Walker would be your guy again. Like Kemba was on better than the shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Kemba, but but remember the best stat is availability, and Kemba was on the Celtics and he was not available, and we paid him thirty five mil a year. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, well. I would rather have Kemba sitting in the suit than Dennis Shooter playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that as a soundbite, my guy. That's funny. Um, <laughs> speaking of Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron, that's actually a great segue. We've seen drafts with, you know, number one picks such as them two, Iverson. Then we got duds like Anthony Bennett, Greg Oden, you know. And you dive deeper, for example, this year where we had the MVP and Nikola Jokic, who was what second, late second round draft pick, and his name wasn't even shown on TV. Like, yeah, it was a Taco Bell commercial <laughs> that was running when he got drafted. Like, the disrespect on his name, but you know what I mean. Like, you could find gems in the first and the later first second round, uh, like for later first rounds and in the second rounds, and we can see based on our list here that not necessarily has to be the first round overall pick that you can guarantee a great talent. Now, my question that I'm going to pose to you guys, and Donnie, you could start answering this one first, is is getting the number one overall pick even that great anymore? I would say, yeah. Like, yeah, although, like, yeah, like, you can definitely find players, like, later throughout the town. It's always, always an advantage having the number one pick, like, mm. like the cream of the crop. Like, like yeah, there's times in the off years where, like, you're going to pick like, Kwame Brown, you're going to pick up an Anthony Bennett, and, like, to be fair, like during like those years, there were even questions about like whether or not they should be first round picks, right? Like the majority of the time, the first round, the first overall pick that you get is like the, when he's the consensus guy. Like this year, for example, Kate Cunningham, a couple years back, Zion Williamson. Like these are the people that you see in college. Like these guys are changed the franchise changers. These guys are electric. So like having the first overall pick is like always the best advantage because like even if like for say you don't want this guy, somebody else definitely wants him. So like you can you can trade that pick away. Yeah. Or so even if you don't have that pick, you can definitely trade it away for a king's ransom. But if you keep it for yourself, I think it's a like a very high likelihood that you're gonna get a guy that changes your franchise. Mm-hmm. 
Fair, fair, fair. Uh, ben? I will pull out this statistic right here. Um, in the last 20 drafts, like dating back from, I'm not going to count two, uh, 2020, but let's just say 2019 to the year 2000, yeah. only one, two, three, four, five, only seven guys have not been named an all-star or all-NBA. And the thing is, is that the jury's still out on DeAndre Aiden, Markel Fultz, Andrew Wiggins. So like these guys still have the chance to, you know, make an all NBA or all star team while the rest Greg Oden, I feel like is an exception to this role because he just got screwed with injuries. You know, this guy would have been a generational talent had he stayed healthy, but like for the most part, number one picks usually have a high success rate. So I think it's still important to have that uh, number one pick. It's just a matter of, you know, the luck of the draw. Cause like, you'll have drafts, like, you know, the whole subject of this podcast is like, you'll have drafts that are extremely Deep, deep. And, yep. and going into like the coming draft, you have a four potential like all NBA all star guys. Mm-hmm. While some drafts like last year weren't weren't as uh, weren't as deep, so a lot of it rides on that the specific class. Mm-hmm. Now speaking of Cade Cunningham in this draft class, and speaking of you know number one pick being very like as as you both said, like has the best chances of being the most successful, like that franchise altering or even league altering type of player. There are, there are teams out there that, you know, like OKC this past season who uh, clearly tanked and uh, they got, they got and got sideswiped and dropped to number six while the Raptors were seventh and they got risen up to number four, which is insane considering this class is compared to like classes like 2003, just like, you know, head top heavy, but with Cade Cunningham being number one already you i don't think you guys will get him unless there's a trade package going on but if so what like for your team what is your next steps in terms of like going from this draft and moving forward in the off season after you i actually pick up your player as well so ben you can start with like with you first i will say this i don't even think that Cade cunningham has a high ceiling in this draft Hey y'all, as you heard, sadly, I do not have sponsors, but I do have very amazingly talented friends and apps that I like to share and shamelessly plug in here. The stunning and sleek hand drawn and hand painted logo that you've seen, go check my friend Ashley at her IG account at ashley.bydesign. That's A-S-H-E-L-Y dot B-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N. For your creative and artsy needs. And now for a banger of an intro and outro, check out my musically talented mastermind friend, Dylan, at his IG account at by Dylan. That's at B-Y-D-I-L-L-E-N. For all of your music production and beats, two apps y'all need to try out, Canva, where I have created some of my social media content and promo from, and GroupPad. For the sick West Coast transitions you heard, before this plug and right before we get back to the program. Now go check them out and we'll be right back. I think the guy with the highest ceiling is Jalen green. And I'm telling y'all right now, if for whatever reason, I know it doesn't look like it based off of all these mock drafts and and I'm still praying, I'm praying it happens. If Jalen green lands with the Raptors, we're going back to the conference finals at the bare minimum. But that's that's contingent on if Lowry stays. If Lowry stays, and then we we keep the squad together, and then we pick up Jalen Green, I think we're going back to the conference finals. 
he's disgusting, man. He put up 30 points in the G League playoffs last year, that's, man. That's like, what I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, And I know it's a little bit extreme, but this guy's been getting like young Kobe comparisons. Obviously, again, that's a, you know, that's a bold claim to make. But if you if you see it from the level of what Kobe was like when he was young, when he was young, just this pure scorer, like the sky's the limit with Jalen Green. The problem is is that out of the four guys, he has the lowest floor as well. So he could very well become this like next generational scorer type, but he could very well be a bust as well. So there's a lot of risk into it. But here's the thing. When you have the best culture and the best development team in the NBA, I feel like regardless of who the Raptors get of those four players, they're they're going to be in the best position with the Raptors to develop hands down. Okay. okay. Donnie, your predictions. Yep. So for the Raptors, I, I, I 100% agree with Ben. Like I'm, I'm hoping for Jalen green. I think that he's going to be a baller. If Raptors get him. He's a baller. Like yeah. he's going to put up 25 points per game. If, if like uh, eventually like he'll turn into a 25 points per game score on the Raps because I think he's a baller. So here's what I'll say: Raptors, I think, are realistically who we're gonna get is Jalen Suggs. Yep. Hmm. But I think there's an outside chance that we're gonna get Evan Mobley, and I think that would be a fantastic pickup for Raptors because one, yep. they have a glaring hole at center, yep. and that's like that right there, like fills a glaring hole there, hmm. and it like allows like for a nicely balanced lineup because like Siakam, OG, uh, Gary Trent. Fred Van Vliet, and then you add in Mevin Bonebley, he can potentially anchor the defense, and he's the pretty mobile center. Like, he's, like, people are saying he's a unicorn. He can, like, if he put it all together, get his body ready, he could become, like, a generational talent. So, like, being in the Raptors, that might be an ideal spot for him. And, like, if you look at the teams that are drafting ahead of the Raps, like, Houston, they have Christian Wood already. So, like, do you think they're going to go with, with, like, a twin tower kind of look, even though Mm -hmm. the league is shifting towards small ball? Who knows, right? Like, I think they're going to pick Jalen Green personally. And then Cleveland Cavaliers, they already have Jared Allen. There's rumors that, like, they're widely expected to offer Jared Allen, like, a $100 million contract this summer. I'd, that may not necessarily be the best idea for them, but, like, that's what they're <laughs> going to do. And then also, like, there's rumors that they're, tr- they're looking to trade away Colin Sexton. So, like, they could potentially be a, a landing spot for Jalen Suggs if they think that him and Garland are a good fit together. Or they could just trade it away and all that goes out the window. But... I think that if the Raptors pick up Evan Mobley, that would be a very, very, very interesting pickup. Because, like, Raptors, last time we drafted number four overall, you know who we got? Ah, Chris Bosh, CB4. So, who knows? Another big man to fill his, fill his shoes. That would be crazy. Now, now, you both only said that you guys just need to pick up a draft, like, draft up a player, right? Mm-hmm. There is only, Ben, I think you only said, you only mentioned of something of, there was something to do with Kyle Lowry if he stays or if he goes. Yep. Is there any moves you guys need to make besides drafting one of these potential superstar caliber players from the top five or top four in the offseason? Because there, there, there are rumors, you know, there are rumors that Pascal might get traded like year I, after year after year. And, and there was that. a huge rumor right after the draft, a lottery happened where the Warriors were about to offer James Wiseman in the sixth pick for the fourth pick. So, so here's, here's what that, here, here, here's what that trade was. The rumor was, uh, it was Wiseman Wiggins, the eighth or the, six. Uh, they have the six, seven pick? and 14, seven, oh, seven and 14. Seven. Pick, yeah. Okay. yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So w- Wiggins Wiseman and the seventh and 14th for, for Pascal. I, I take that in a heartbeat. I love Pascal, but man, you're like, first off, like Wiggins has shown he can still ball. You're getting Wiseman who, you know, jury's still out on him, but it, like mm. he's similar to like Mobley, 
But then, and then we get like two more lottery picks on top of our fourth pick. Man, the depth on that team would be disgusting. Like, mm. uh, now we all know how much of a, a you know of a Pascal Dick sucker or uh, Askus or uh, Nick Nurses. So, do you think that yeah. was that would ever be a possibility? I mean, Nick uh, Nurse ain't calling the shots. It's it's yeah, high, right. Like me personally, I wouldn't take that trade. I I think Pascal like. He gets he's getting a bit too hard of a rap on him because of his bubble performance, like which was embarrassingly bad. I will say that, but like I feel like that's kind of like a cloud that's hanging over him. Like, yeah, he's not clutch. Like, yeah, he's not like a number one option. But like, I think I think that we can get better than what the, that Warriors package. Like, if like if you take that package, then you're committing to a full rebuild. Like, then you I would like I would say like yeah, if you want to take that that trade, fine. But then you have to get rid of Fred Van Vliet as well. And then just like rebuild around all these draft picks, like young guys, like Gary Trent's like 23, OG's like 23. So then all those guys would fill the same timeline and then fill out with the draft picks around there. Then maybe they could be something in a few years. But like if you're like trying to stay like competitive now at this point, then I don't think that trade makes sense for the Raps. Just got, got to hope for it mobily. And then then maybe maybe that, that's like if you want to stay competitive. That, that's a really good point because I did hear like, you know, rumblings or ramblings of like, depending on who you guys pick up in the top four, like you might be a rebuild. It might take me time yeah. for a rebuild. We got our insane. championship. I'm cool with that. I mean, whatever yeah. the Raptors decide, whether it be rebuild or like, you know, we run it back and try to try to go for it again. I'm, I'm all for it. You know, the old saying, it's like, I, I believe in Masai, whatever he plans. I guess the real big question is like, why hasn't he signed his contract yet? Yep. That's what I'm honestly, that's what I'm more concerned about. I don't care in terms of like, obviously I want Jalen Green, but in terms of all the off season things, the biggest thing that I'm just waiting for is like, yo, Masai has re-upped his contract. That's because like, that's the one thing that has me a little bit on edge. It's it's funny. I think it was Lowry who said it himself. He's like, yeah, Masai, or I forget who it was, but they said it's like the two greatest Raptors of all time are Kyle Lowry and Masai Ujiri. So... <laughs> I forget who said that. It was a player. I, th- I think it might have been Fred, but I'm not sure. All right. So that was the last question. Now let's recap our lists before we go into our buzz cut lightning round. So Ben, because you started, if you can please recap your list of top five best NBA draft classes since 1996 with the caveat of no 996, excluding 2003 and excluding 2009, of course. And I guess you can recap it in the order you uh, put it in as well. Yeah, for sure. When you described it. Yeah. 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 I did it in chronological order. Uh, No no particular order. That's what I usually do. 1998 NBA draft, 1999, 2008, 2011, and 2018. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Ben, for your time as always and for your list today. Really, we really appreciate it. So moving on to Donnie. Donnie, if you could please recap your list as well, I guess in the order that you read it out. So, so I had fifth place in 1997. Fourth place, 2012. Third place, 2008. Second place, 1998. And then my best draft class was 2011. Perfect. Thank you, Donnie. I hope you enjoyed your first time today. That was um, good. Thanks for having we me. We took your virginity today, so thanks a lot for letting us <laughs> do that. Yeah, no, I really appreciate your time, and hopefully we can get you on some more sometime soon. With me, I'm just going to recap as well my list from bottom up, 5 to 1, 1997. We got 2008 and same number three, 2012, 2011, ending off in 1998. So heading into the buzz cut lane round here. Donnie, this is your very first time. Ben's done this plenty of times. He's gained what? You want? You gained like two wins already or something like that over your three appearances? 
I mean, I should be undefeated, but you know, that's a topic for another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Sawhill's take was pretty hilarious, so oh I gotta give it up. So, um, <laughs> but again, this is a recap for all of us as at home and also for Donnie as well, because since it's your first time, um, so again, you have to each quickly formulate a convincing buy and an argument on top five list or topic for my choosing. No briberies. Any briberies, anything sent to me, I will take that with great gratitude, but there is no swing of the answer that would be done here. Answers can be unique or as original as you want it to be. No need to be illogical or logic here. Based on those arguments, I, the decider, will pick which answer will resonate with me the most. However, the only catch is that each guest has a total of 50 seconds for their argument. Go over the time or if they can't finish the argument, they'll get penalized points and I may give the oppositional guests the advantage. So before we bring up the random number generator again, you know, we talked draft picks, we talked best draft classes, we talked a bit about um, the playoffs this year, we talked about the offseason coming up and more specifically, your teams. And for this buzz cut lane round, I posed a question for these gentlemen. There was supposed to be actually another, be another third guest. Uh, Sahil was actually supposed to be on here. So his team would have been the Houston Rockets. And I, and I mean, that answer would have been pretty interesting to see who they put on. The, for this case, the question that I posed to my guests here today is your all-time draft drafted lineup for your franchise. So, for example, if your team drafted a certain player, then you could insert them on there. But if they got traded then that that's something that you have to kind of like i guess justify in these 50 seconds that you put them on your team so before we do that these two gentlemen here will go through run random number generator as always so ben because you got the number first correct uh you got the number correctly first time around what's your number between one to 25 uh, i'm gonna go with six for six. the six okay all right for the six donnie what's your number for today I'll go with 21. 21, 21, 21. Okay. <laughs> yeah, with 9 plus 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, so now it's still saying number 17. So we'll spin in 3, 2. 9 plus 10 equals 19, Donnie, and it sat on number 19. That's very fucking creepy. Um, <laughs> so, Donnie, you get to go first. <laughs> Ben, you get to go second. That actually might be a sign you might win today. I don't know. So, Donnie, again, uh, since you're a Raptors fan, I want to hear oh, your man. top five. Uh, well, not your top five, but your starting lineup of uh, all-time drafted players for your franchise. So I'm going to put you on the clock. Now, whenever you're ready, you just let me know, and I'll count you down, and we'll keep we'll get the timer started, right? Okay. So, Can I like, see the timer, too, so I know like <laughs> one more time save? Sure, sure, if you want. Or just so, tell me when I have 10 seconds left, actually. Yeah, I, I, can, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. Okay. So, Donnie, do you have your buzz cut lightning round answer for me? Yes, I do. Okay. Donnie, your yeah. buzz cut lightning round starts in three, two. Okay. So, my team is Toronto Raptors. So, first thing, starting at point guard, is Damon Stoudemire. Sadly, Kyle Lowry was not drafted by the Raptors. Mm. So, and Raptors, honestly, point guard didn't have a lot of options to go with. It was... Damon Stoudemire was the best. Like I think Jose Calderon was was even drafted, so I, I definitely had to go with Damon Stoudemire. It was very slim pickings there. Mm. Uh, shooting guard, got to go with Demar Derozan, one of my mm. favorite rap- personal Raptors. Was a key part in Raptors winning a ring because we <laughs> traded him out for Kawhi, yeah. all time Raptors leading scorer. Definitely love that guy. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Love Bar. So he's definitely my shooting guard. Small forward is Tracy McGrady. Power forward is Spicy P, and center is Chris Bosh. 
all-stars, NBA champions, and great scores. Time. No VC because he's going to get drafted. Play rounds. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Well, I call it time array, so you can't plug in that VC point after that. So it's sadly the same. <laughs> that will be, this, be no one void. That's the Spotify. So. Um, my bad, my bad. It's my first time. I'm a rookie. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's actually been a while since I did a top five or like five of anything. Usually it's really hard for these gentlemen to do a five or anyone to do a five in 50 seconds. But in this case, I mean, yeah, we'll see. It's entertaining. So I just want an entertaining answer. That's all at the end of the day. And you could fit it. You could fit it. Ben, do you have your buzz cut around for me? Oh, I'm ready. Let's go. All right, Ben, your buzz cut around starts in three, two. So my starting lineup of the top five Toronto Raptors draft picks of all time at point guard, 1995, Damon Stoudemire. Uh, you know, first Raptors draft pick ever. At small forward, I have 1998 Anton Jameson. This is this is because Ooh. that pick was traded for Vince Carter, who became uh, the great, arguably one of the greatest Raptors of all time. Uh, at power forward, I have 2003 Chris Bosh, obviously an all-time great Raptor. At shooting guard, I have 2009 Demar Derozan, all-time scorer for Raptors. And at center. At 2016, I have Jakob Pertl. The reason why is because Jakob Pertl and DeMar DeRozan were traded for Kawhi Leonard, who led this team to a championship. And that is why Jakob Pertl is an important draft pick because we wouldn't have Kawhi without Jakob Pertl. Time. Interesting two routes y'all both went, especially Ben. <laughs> so, 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 so for Donnie and for the listeners at home, Ben did reply to me like in a snap saying, so... Just letting you know, Vince Carter won't be on my squad because I was like, oh, yeah, shit, he got traded. I forgot about that. So I was very surprised that you had Anton Jamison as your small forward. That was something I did not see coming, but you did put a twist on it, which is very, which is very unique. I did not see that you were going with the Jakob Perto move because I I was like, bro, what? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean Anton Jameson, I got, but like he he didn't even play a fucking second for for the Raptors. He just put on the hat and he just switch hats like literally. <laughs> um, so I was like, all right, all right, I guess, I guess. And then um, Jakob, I was like, what? What the where the hell are you going with this? And I guess, yeah, I'll give it to you. Kawhi, that Kawhi trade. Okay, Donnie, you create a starting five. A legit starting five who actually played <laughs> as a Raptor, which which is hard because for me, it's like, all right, you put – who was your center again that you put it on there? I put Chris Bosh at center. And, and your power Spicy forward? Yeah, power forward. Okay, okay. Hmm. NBA champion, Spicy Pete. Let me add that. <laughs> yeah, I was confused when you were, like, starting five. I was like, wait, was this supposed to be a starting five? So, like, off the cuff, I was just like, oh, fuck, I got to group these guys into – uh, starting five. <laughs> that's why I was like Anton Jameson at three. Where the hell is this guy? Yeah, going yeah. That? Well, because that's why I thought I was like, wait, did I? I thought it was just top five draft picks. I didn't. And then, but when when you made him into a starting lineup, I was like, oh fuck, okay, I guess I'll turn mine into a starting lineup too. Yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, I liked your unique approach to this, Ben and Donnie. I liked that you just you know you stuck to the rules. So my question. <laughs> Which, uh, in that case, Donnie, you take the W because of that. Wow. Um, ben has a great twist. But they did. 
Anton Jenkinson didn't play a fucking minute, bro. Listen, you said the greatest <laughs> draft picks of all time. That draft pick of Anton Jameson turned into but, Vince Carter. But 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 Yaka I said Hurdle and Demar turned into Kawhi. So but 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 picks. I said drafted starting lineup, right? Pick your take your picks and draft the starting lineup. Are they let playing? Me see. Are they let playing? Let me let me check the receipts. Let me check the receipts here. Let me check the receipts because that starting lineup was like news to me. All right, all right. Let me see here. I gotta I gotta <laughs> I gotta double check here. Okay, here, here, here. All right. Well, apparently I sent the same thing to you guys and Donnie got it right. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> I sent the same thing. I copy and pasted. Like, oh. Yeah, well, he definitely said starting lineup. <laughs> Tell me your all-time starting lineup that your favorite team has ever drafted. <laughs> you want the receipts, Ben? I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw. Damn. So all because right, of that, I, I, I really like your approach. But man, like, I don't know, I, bro. Like, I thought come I on. thought it was just five five important draft picks. So I was like, you have four guys. You have four guys on your starting lineup. One, like five. Okay, four guys who actually played for the Raptors. I, I wouldn't even say three and a half because Jacoperto didn't like wasn't there for the most part. But then Donnie oh, has Donnie has T Mac, like, and he has DeRozan, and he got Spicy P, bro, my boy, and Bosh. But, but listen, but listen. Technically, t- technically, if you take Anton Jameson and Jakob, those are interchangeable for Kawhi and uh, Vince Carter. Which I mean, I'm pretty sure that lineup wins. But uh, yeah. but then but then uh, but then it's drafted players, right? You're you're making your drafted players and turning them to a starting lineup. So technically, on technical points, you lost there, my friend. Uh, I wouldn't say Jakob Pertl is interchangeable with Kawhi. I would say Demar. <laughs> Demar was like ninety-seven percent of that trade, and Pertl was just like there. I mean, it's still. I mean, he still got tra- that trade wouldn't have happened without Jakob Pertl. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, Donnie, you grabbed the win today. Ben on the reunion episode. Hopefully, you can come back with a better response. Again, I love your creativity. As always, that's, but sometimes and that, that's that's what I do with these with these buzz guys. I, I I like to think outside of the box. It's more fun that way. But then don't fucking don't fucking don't fucking be so shocked that when you lose and like you shot yourself in the foot Cause, because cause I I didn't realize it was starting lineup. I I wasn't paying attention. To that. <laughs> that's your fault. No, this guy's like, let me bring up the reader seats. I was like, all right, I got you, I got you too. Uh, all right, what I saw uh, is that build a starting lineup. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I didn't read that. I was like, I'm pretty sure I built. I sent Donnie and Ben the exact same thing. I'm like, all right, cool. But, <laughs> um, but with that being said, um, thank you both of you guys for joining on the pod today. But before we go here, where can the followers find you at home, Donnie? Where can the followers find you at home through social media and whatnot, or unless oh, you don't want to be found at all? That's oh, no, it's okay. Like. My Instagram, Twitter is uh, both the same. It's Donnie DTD. Yeah, that's all, all I use, basically, to be honest. <laughs> Perfect, my brother. Uh, appreciate you hopping on. Appreciate your time today. And uh, yeah, again, as I said, hopefully we can have you on for another show. Um, basketball one and yeah, maybe sure. uh, maybe a NAV one is in the works. We'll oh, see. NAV? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I'll, see. I'll preach Strong. the gospel about that. Man. We, we, might, we might have to do we might have to do a, our uh, best, best artist from the six uh, type of pod here coming up soon i don't know nav but. would not be on that list for me oh you don't like nav oh come on, Hell come no. on. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't like his fucking uh straight like straight lineup that he has going on with his hair no 
No. All right. Well, Ben, Ben, what's uh, where can the followers find you at home? Oh shit. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, okay. <laughs> well, no, I, I thought that so was just you... for I thought that was just for Donnie because it was his first time on here. Um. Uh, ben J Carlos on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, friends with Ben on YouTube. Perfect. Thanks, Ben, as always. And yeah, we'll get you on on the reunion one really soon and more as well. So thank you both again for hopping on today and your ins- for your time. Thank you for your time and your insight. For our listeners at home, if you enjoyed this topic or had or this pod or have some thoughts on our list or want to submit your own topics you want us to listen to debate about, feel free to follow us and hit us up our IG account at BB Shop Quintet Podcast or email us at BB Shop Quintet Podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you can follow us give us a five-star review on apple pod and subscribe to us on all streaming platforms and let's be your top five of the day cheers <laughs>